0: In 1981, Reggie Collier became the first player in NCAA history to rush for 1,000 yards and pass for 1,000 yards in a single season. It was a good year for the Eagles, but maybe not for America as a whole. We entered a recession following the Federal Reserve's contradictory monetary policy trying to lower inflation. The unemployment rate was near that of the Great Depression. But there's always more to a story than you might think. Tune into Domino to listen to cascading events that have shaped our global economy. You can listen to Domino anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Season two is now available.
1: You are listening to To the Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is, they don't know, man. I've been looking forward to To the Top
0: Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night.
1: Every day, anything we do is Miss to the top.
0: What's going on? What's happening? How are you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I am your host today, Jason Bailey, here to give you a break from all of the high-resource five propaganda out there on social media and talk a little bit about Southern Miss athletics. If this is your first time listening, thank you and I hope you enjoy it. Remember you can find To The Top Talk on a semi-weekly basis now on all the major podcast platforms out there, uh, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iHeart. And the rest, feel free to give us a follow on social at to the top talk. And if you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, it really helps us out. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in today. We have a very special guest on the line with us already. And I really can't wait to get that started. So um, on the line now, a two year starter for Southern Miss played linebacker in 2012, 2013, originally from Orange County, California, a fighter in every sense of the word, one of the great Golden Eagles of all time, coronavirus survivor. Welcome to the show, Dylan Rita. Dylan, what's happening?
1: What's going on, my man? Thank you very much for the this, the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do, I
0: do, I do a little research. Not a lot of research, but I do a little research. But it wasn't hard for somebody like you.
1: <laughs> Perfect, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the show, and uh, you know, just. Talk about everything from Mm -hmm. you know, my experience with COVID nineteen to of course the playing days. You know, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life being a Golden Eagle.
0: Cool. So so yeah, and we're going to get into your time at Southern Miss, um, and there's a lot to impact there as well. But for those that do not know, uh, you were diagnosed with the coronavirus not too long ago. I guess it was three or four weeks ago at this point. Um, So let's just start off there, man. When did you find out? you had tested positive and 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 i mean did you even know what that was at that time
1: um i actually just found out on uh april 1st so um you know i'd already been out of the hospital for 13 days until i finally got my results which was pretty crazy Um, but while i was in the hospital you know i was i was going through everything and talking to the doctors and they told me hey you know with the severity of this pneumonia and how it's presented itself um we've only seen this in coronavirus patients so just assume that you've got it until you receive your results. So from the time I, I got to the hospital, I kind of had an idea that I, I had uh, contacted the virus, contracted excuse me.
0: Right. So, so exactly what were the symptoms that you had? I mean, for people out there listening, they're like, I don't know, you know, it's allergy season. My throat kind of hurts. Uh, as far as um, would you suggest uh, just running off to the doctor for anything or, or, or how would you handle that?
1: Well, so, you know, I had gone from Florida to Prague, Czech Republic, um, and I was—I had only been there for about six days when I first experienced symptoms. So initially, I thought that, you know, I maybe just had a flu or, or the cold or something like that because, you know, I was going from the Florida weather, which is always, of course, nice, and then I was going to the Czech Republic, and it was rainy and cold the entire time I was there. Um, so initially, I thought that I had contracted or contracted a flu or something like that. Um, it did didn't really hit me until after practice one night. Um, I got home from practice and it was about 10 o'clock at night. And this is just the strangest thing. I walked into the house and I was just sick, like instantly walked into the apartment and all of a sudden I was running a fever and I was like, man, what's going on? So I, I went upstairs and just took a sh- hot shower to, you know, kind of sweat a little bit more, mm-hmm. started just lugging some water and I, I still just had a fever and, um, body aches and, and I was just sweating. I'm like, man, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to go to bed. So I just, I laid down and fell asleep, and I ended up waking up, like, maybe four hours into my sleep, and I was just in a pool of sweat. And I was like, okay, but my fever was gone, so I felt better, fell back asleep, and I woke up the next day, and I was just feeling just kind of foggy, you know, not really like myself. Um, But I wasn't running a fever at this point. I didn't have the dry cough or, or anything like that. So I didn't think that I, you know, they were saying that was one of the bigger symptoms and I, I wasn't coughing at all. You know, I had a little mm-hmm. sore throat, but it, it wasn't too bad. So, you know, being the athlete that I am and, you know, I have had to explain this to, you know, tons of people. I was getting a lot of, a lot of uh, angry DMs on Facebook after I had released my story. And, um, you know, just being an athlete, growing up an athlete, you know, whenever I get sick, my first thought is I need to sweat this out. You know, that's always been something that I've done. And I thinking I had the coronavirus. I was like, hey, I'm going to go to the gym and jump on the bike and just put a sweater on and just sweat and try and get this out of my system. So the next day, that's what I did. I went to the gym. I got a little workout on. Um, I actually had a, a good workout. I was feeling pretty good. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe it was just a, a, a little 24-hour bug. And went to practice that night, and I was kind of feeling not good getting to practice, but I was like, hey, I just need to sweat as much as possible, get this out of my system, so I practiced that night also, and sure enough, right when we got home again, just instantly was feeling bad, and that went on for about four or five days, it was just the weirdest thing, getting kind of like the fever, flu symptoms at nighttime, and then during the day, just kind of feeling a little foggy, but but wasn't too bad, and then, um, you know, by like the fourth day, I felt pretty good. And then the fifth day out um, is when I was heading home from from the Czech Republic, and I felt good that day. I didn't have any symptoms. Like it, it was like the last day of anything, and, and I woke up in the morning feeling feeling really good.
0: Hmm, it's it's so weird that how this uh, this thing. I mean, you know, people people talk about it like you know it's it's very much like the flu, but but hearing you talking about it, it's really it's kind of it. I don't know. I guess it's so uh, it's different for everybody. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you know, I've heard of uh, people that are that are uh, they have deteriorating health anyway, and those are kind of the first to go. But I've heard of people like like you that um, that are in good shape, uh, relatively young guys uh, that are on ventilators now. So it's 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 one of those deals where I think we've all had the the feeling of is this it? You know, um, it's kind of like mm-hmm. when you when when you when you when you're like when you're near an ant bed. And you're not sure if you stepped in the ant bed and all of a sudden your leg's itching the rest of the day, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So, yeah.
0: I mean, but but we're, we're glad that you have, you, I guess, seemingly come out on the other side of this thing um, and and have made it through it. And um, so, so, I mean, is that the case? I mean, so you're you're back to normal. You're everything is good to go. Yeah, at this point, um, you
1: know, so I got home on that Sunday. And, you know, like I said, I was feeling good. And, you know, I, I made sure I wore a mask. The entire time I was on the plane, anybody that follows me on social media, I was posting videos, I had a mask on, and then I had the elevation training mask on top of that, just, you know, because I was, like, not sure if I had a flu at this point, you know, Trump had already came out and said, hey, we're sending everybody home, you know, if you only have until this weekend to get home, and as American, blah, 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 so it was one of those things, like, I had to get home, Um, so... Uh, I was just making sure I was, you know, I wasn't coughing, like I said, but I just wanted to make sure I wasn't exposing or being exposed Mm -hmm. to anything because I already knew my immune system was at a weak point, you know, at this point. So I got home and Monday I was feeling pretty good. And then Tuesday I was kind of feeling a little sluggish, not feeling, you know, the greatest that next day. But um, that's when I started having a cough and there was blood in my spit. And that was where I was kind of, you know, obviously that raised a red flag. I'm like, Mm. okay, that's not normal. But it wasn't. You know, I wasn't coughing severely. It was more like the feeling of having to just like hawk a loogie or whatever, you know. So I'd just be sitting there and kind of like get that. And then I'd spit up and there'd be blood in it. So that went on for two days. And I I was still obviously isolating myself from my family because I didn't know what was going on. So I was sleeping in the guest bedroom. And then Thursday rolls around and um, my grandma calls me and she's like, you really need to go to the hospital um, you need to get checked out, blah, blah, blah. Like, this isn't good. It's been three days now. So I was like, all right, grandma, I don't feel like I'm dying, but I'll go to the hospital for you. So I go to the emergency room. I tell them, you know, I go in with a mask on. I tell them I'd just been in the Czech Republic and, you know, so forth. And instantly I felt like I was in ET. They just, uh, <laughs> right. they bring me to an iso- isolated room. They all come in with like, you know, big gear on, like full face masks for the whole nine yards. And, hey, we're going to run this test, this test, this test, and this test on you. And I was like, oh, gosh, okay. <laughs> wow, yeah. So I was, I, you know, I ended up getting a CT scan, which I'm thankful for because they did tell me about, you know, hey, you have really severe pneumonia. We've only seen this in any patients. As I stated earlier, you know, with the coronavirus, you know, it looks like you've got it. Like, uh, So we're going to keep you here until your test results get back. So sure enough, I was in the hospital for three days. By the third day, I was like, look, I don't feel like I need to be here. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not dying. I'm not on a ventilator. Like I want this, this bed is probably needed for somebody else, you know, like I can isolate myself at home. And as long as I don't feel like I'm going to die in the next five minutes, I don't feel like I want to be in the hospital. So thankfully they cleared me, sent me home. I stayed in the guest bedroom for the rest of that week. And, um, you know, I went on a few walks with the dog and my family and, you know, my wife and my kids were in front of me and just to get out of the house because I was like, I can't just sit, you know, walk around mm-hmm. the neighborhood, whatever. Um, but you know, I stayed in there the, for that whole next week and, then I started feeling good. I'm like, look, I think I'm, I'm past this. I was able to do some yard work and stuff like that. And I felt pretty good. So yeah, now at this point I'm feeling pretty much close to a hundred percent. You know, I still get a little fatigued, like easier than normal, but it's not too severe where I'm, I'm being, you know, worried about
0: myself. Sure. Well, that's, that's good to hear, man. Yeah, we've all had to, to really alter our everyday lives, you know, um, to a point that none of us could have ever seen coming, I don't think. Uh, well, I, I guess, fi- you know, the final thought on this before we get into your football career, um, what would be your advice to people about, um, I guess, maybe the situation we find ourselves in as a society, having to stay away and social distance and all that, and, and maybe what someone should do if they uh, if they feel like they have the symptoms of the virus?
1: Yeah, so, you know, just continue to follow the guidelines that, that you know, the president and, and the local governments are laying out for you. Um, you know, I know it's not fun being quarantined and, and staying at home and doing all that. But, um, I mean, it really, I, I never felt like I was, you know, peril in perilous danger or like I was going to die from it, but it was not fun. And being hospitalized was not fun. And, you know, I am 28 and I play college football and I continue to play football and I'm in, I'm in great shape and it still hit me pretty hard. Um, so, you know, even if you're younger, it can still, you know, hit you pretty hard. I I know a guy that played over overseas that just passed away two days ago, Mm. um, from it and he was 30 years old. So this definitely can affect us at a younger age, but we really have to look out for our parents and our grandparents. Those are the ones that, you know, we should be most worried about. And, you know, we want to make sure that they're healthy and, and with us and just do everything you can to, wear a face mask in public, wear gloves, make sure you're wiping your hands down and doing all the things that, you know, they're recommending to do. And if you feel like you do have it, really, you can wait it out. Like it wasn't so bad that, you know, for me that I felt like I, my grandma didn't go to the hospital, basically. (laughs) So (laughs) if you feel like you can just, you know, quarantine at your house and, and, you know, ride it out for a little bit, it's not going to be fun, but it'll pass, you know, your body will become stronger, you'll grow the immunity. But if you really feel like you're in a situation where you need to go to the hospital, um, go to the hospital, you know, and, and go tell, tell the doctors what's going on and just follow whatever advice that they've got for you. So, But other than that, you know, I think we'll come out of this better. You know, this whole situation is making us stronger as, as a country, as a world, and, you know, God's got a plan for us. So that's kind of how I feel about this whole situation, and I feel like everyone should kind of look at it that way. Hey, what can we do during this quarantine to better ourselves, to better our neighbor, to better – my family immediately you know what does god have in store for me find what your your you know your goal your spiritual drive is in life you know we've got time now there's no question about time you know of course people are worried about their money and finances but hey find yourself find your find yourself closer to your family and, and just ride it out and become come out of let's all come out of this as better people
0: absolutely man well, I have found myself uh, doing more yard work. <laughs> is where I found myself. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, Amen. Yeah. That yeah. I feel that
1: too. <laughs> no, but you,
0: you answered that. You answered that way better than than I could have. And thank you for sharing that for sure. And uh, and that's enough about that, man. Let's. Uh, I'm glad you're doing well. Um, I'm glad you took the time with us today. Let's get to your football playing career because that's what everybody that's going to be listening to this knows you from is playing football at Southern Miss. But before you got there, uh, you grew up in California. Um, played high school ball at Santa Clemente High School, had a stellar career there. Um, what, what, what year did you graduate? I graduated high school in
1: 2009. That feels a long time ago now. So yeah, I graduated 2009 and initially out of high school, I attended Ohio University up in Athens, Ohio. Um, you know, great school, great program, but Ohio just was not for me as a California kid. It just was not you know, as soon as October, the end of October, I remember it clear as day it was the only time I've seen snow on Halloween. And I walked out of our dorm rooms and it's snowing on Halloween. I'm like, OK, <laughs> I'm not meant to be at the school. <laughs> this place is not for me. I'm not a snow person. So, um, you know, I, I, I left Ohio University It was like I said, it was a great place. I enjoyed my time there, but it just wasn't for me. Went back home, played junior college for two years at Santa Ana College, where I had a a pretty good career and then um you know I got recruited by by coach Fedora and Dan Dish and Dave Duggan they were the the coaches that recruited me and um took my official visit that 2011 season great year you know 12 and 2 beat Houston in the conference championship game Mm -hmm. just a great season for Southern Miss and I was like man this is definitely you know I was really obviously drawn to the school just based off that fact and then I came on my visit when they played Memphis and it was just a beat down. I mean, I absolutely fell in love with the Rock. You know, mm-hmm. I I might be biased, you know, as, as every Southern Miss fan, but I think we've got the best stadium in the country. Just phenomenal atmosphere. The school, I loved it. You know, it wasn't too big. I didn't want to go to a huge school. I wanted to go to a school that was, you know, smaller and, and felt more, you know, like a home feeling. And, um, you know, just the atmosphere and uh, the fans, you know, just absolutely drew me into Southern Miss and I knew it was where I wanted to be. So I committed there. And, um, of course my two seasons at Southern Miss were probably the worst in any college football ever. We went one in 23.
0: Sure, but, um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Say,
1: it, I mean, it was tough, but it made me, a, uh, you know, b- helped me grow. And, um, you know, I absolutely loved being a, a golden Eagle. It was, you know, it, it totally changed me as a man, and, and you know I, I'm forever you know in debt to the university and, and the fans and everybody that just follows Southern Miss sports because it was such an incredible experience.
0: Sure, and and exactly how did you? I mean, I know you said Fedora recruited you, but but grew up in California, uh, did you know about Southern Miss before? Had you uh, already seen games on TV? Had you? I mean, people usually know the Brett Favre thing and all that, but uh, were you familiar at all with with? Uh, I guess south, the, the Southeast in general, and, and specifically uh, oh my Hattiesburg God. and Southern Miss?
1: <laughs> uh, so I did know that it was Brett Farm school. So I knew that, but I had never watched a Southern Miss game. You know, growing up in California, I grew up uh, a USC Trojan fan. That was always, you know, playing in the Pac-10 was always the goal, you know, as a, as a West Coast guy. So whatever school it was going to be, I always wanted to play in the pac 10 and then on top of that, you know, the next school of choice for me would have been Boise State. That was just, uh, you know, they recruited a lot of uh, local guys that I knew that, that were from Orange County and, um, you know, just everybody on the West Coast. If you don't like a big-time school, you know, everyone seems to want to play on the blue turf. So that was always kind of where I wanted to go also. And then as uh, soon as I got called from, you know, Coach Duggan and he talked you know, talked to me about Southern Miss and I started doing some research and, you know, I really only liked. I guess in my head, I only thought Mississippi State and Old Miss were the schools in Mississippi, you know. And then mm-hmm. I knew about Southern Miss, but I didn't really know anything about the culture or, or anything like that. So as soon as he called me and told me, and then I, I, the very next week I watched the ECU Southern Miss game, and Jamie Collins had a, what, a 99-yard pick six, and it was sure. all over SportsCenter. center. I was like, yeah, this is okay. This school is pretty sweet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, started watching the games after that, and just seeing, you know the blackout unis i was all black's my favorite color so or i guess yeah combination of all the colors but i always loved black and everything you know has always been black for me so i'm a black and gold man that's a great color combination (laughs) that drew me to the school even more
0: yeah you guys uh were you guys were black and red in high school right the tritons
1: yeah san Clemente tritons yeah one town one team um we were black and red and you know san Clemente is also a place that you know it was a tight-knit surf community but everybody the city closes down on friday nights. so you know that's what made southern miss feel a lot more homey to me was i grew up in a small surf town you know of course small in southern california is definitely not small in mississippi (laughs) so you know like we've got a a quote-unquote small surf town in southern california and uh you know every day or every friday the city shuts down and it's a it's a great football (laughs) atmosphere and then you know going to Hattiesburg which was about the same size as my hometown (laughs) which is a small city Mm -hmm. um you know it felt perfect because you know like I said I mean we would Southern Miss has the best fans in the world we're 0-12 and we still have a packed stadium at the last game of the season you know it's like that's how the the fans are sure they might not be there at halftime when we're getting blown out but they they for sure came for the first two quarters just to see how everyone would do and uh, that was what I really loved about it
0: Sure. And you touched on this a little bit, but, you know, Southern Miss was coming off a, a very successful season, really historical season. Uh, conference champs scored a bunch of points. I think they ended up ranked uh, 12th or 13th in the country, something like that. Definitely in the top 20. bunch of starters returning, in, including some of the guys you just mentioned, including several NFL-ready players. I'm sure you got to campus and you're like, you know what, we're about to win a lot of games. Um and then I guess if, sometime around there is when you find out that that Fedora had moved on. How exactly did that go down?
1: Oh, so that was a, that was actually an
0: interesting, an interesting experience.
1: Um, I'd verbally committed, and you know I was ready to go, and um, you know I'd actually started to get some more attention. Uh, at the time, I was ranked the number two junior college linebacker in the country, so I was getting Texas Tech was talking to me. I already had six or seven other offers on top of Southern Miss but I just knew I wanted to go there that's where my heart felt you know like I needed to be and uh pretty much like the day before signing day Coach Fedora I get a call from Coach Duggan and he's saying hey everybody's leaving we're going to North Carolina um you know I'm (laughs) trying to stay on campus here and and it kind of threw me a curveball and I'm like oh man that's you know, I'm not sure how to feel about this situation because, you know, of course, the coaching staff is a big reason that a lot of kids go to whatever university they choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was like, you know, regardless of the coaching staff, I, I loved what I felt at the school. So I feel like it's a place for me. And then, you know, the next week after I signed, we find out that um, Alex Johnson is going to be the head coach. And my dad was like, hey, he was just the DC at South Carolina. So he, they, they have like one of the top 10 defenses in the country one of the best in the SEC. He'll probably be your defensive coordinator. And I was like, perfect, man. You know, that sounds like a good situation. Stuck with the commitment, obviously. And uh, it wasn't probably until I thought we were going to, you know, regardless of the guys we had, we, I feel like we should have won eight football games that year, for sure, with just who we had. Mm-hmm. But we just were so unprepared in the off season for the season that it put us at a disadvantage. So, um, you know, Coach Maples, is a nice guy, but he was just not a good strength and conditioning coach and it just really it hurt us and then even with the coaching staff I feel like we just had a lot of a lot of chiefs and no Indians you know we had a lot of guys that wanted to be the head guy and coach Johnson never really he was more like a political figure I felt like you know he was he was a nice guy but I felt like he was just more like the image he didn't coach any position like Monkey comes in and he's working with the quarterbacks you know Mm-hmm. Ellis just stood there and just watched practice,
0: and, and then just the practice,
1: he would, yeah, and then he would just come out <laughs> and he would just tell you, you know, hey, we did this and that. And the next thing, and I'd be like, man, are you even watching? Like he would never watch specific positions or anything. So during spring ball, I was like, I I wasn't really a fan of what we had as a staff, and uh, you know, but it's still, with all the guys we had, like you said, tons of returning starters, a ton of experience, all winners across the board. I was like, you know, we should still win eight games. I didn't expect to be a, a 12-win team, but I was like, we could still win conference, we can still compete, you know, and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, obviously got a big slap in the face once season rolled around.
0: Sure thing, man. And for diehard fans like like me and Jamie and uh, pretty much everybody that listens to this podcast, it was something that we never thought we would have to go through. Kind of like this coronavirus, really. I mean, <laughs> in mm. in, our, in our wildest dreams, did we ever think that Southern Miss, number one, we, we hadn't had that many losing seasons at all, much less, you know, a big fat donut at the end of the year. Um, but, you know, like you said, uh, you know Southern Miss would not win a game that season. Um, but, but you know, you got to experience, I think like, your first time in, in big time D1 football, uh, you got to experience some different venues, had some close games that probably could have gone the Golden Eagles way. You got to play at Nebraska, lost a close one mm-hmm. at home uh, in a month. Was that the Monsoon game with Teddy Bridgewater and Louisville? Louisville, oh yeah. yeah,
1: that's one of the most memorable games in my career. I love that game. It was, sure, I, mean, I don't love that we lost, but it was a, it was a great game for sure. What, let
0: me ask you this. And, and by the way, uh, as far as Ellis Johnson goes, you can just let it rip on this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> uh, so cool. it, 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 people. You know, I don't know. I, I really didn't even want to say his name out loud right there, like the Beetlejuice thing. But um, as far <laughs> as, that, as as far as that specific game goes, um, what do you remember about that game? And what do you think about the very last play call?
1: Oh, so the game itself, I mean, it was just a tough one. You know, like, for the fact that the weather was the way it was, it was actually a blessing for us because Teddy didn't get to just sit back there and dice us up. They really tried to rely heavily on the run game. And, um, you know, I mean, being a linebacker, that's, you know, I love playing the run. Let's go all day, you know, run the ball. So I felt like we were built a little bit more for that. You know, we had a great defensive line, Jamie Kyrie, nunez um gosh man we had a great defense Jasmine McCollum, just ballers across the board so you know i was like yeah let's go um you know and and really what what hurt us was just the punt that that skimmed and muffed on the floor and they got the ball back within the 25 yard line and it was uh that was a heartbreaker (laughs) it was it was it was a heartbreaker but it was just great to see you know we still had fans in the stands and it was literally a monsoon i mean i had to change cleats twice during that game i i remember <laughs> i made a tackle on the numbers and i slid all the way into louisville sideline because it was like a and slide out there it was wild yeah but it was just a you know tough loss but i mean it was definitely one of the most memorable games on my you know I, there was one period i had seven tackles straight it was awesome <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like Lord, yeah. run the ball with me let's go
0: <laughs> that's great man that that's that's awesome. And, you know, in that team, like you said, there's so much talent. Um, and, uh, I mean, just thinking back, I mean, I know you guys played UCF tough. I think you went to overtime with them. Oh, triple overtime. Lo- yeah. Lo- oh, yeah, triple overtime. That's right. Uh, lost to UTEP by one. Um, so, you know, I don't know. And, I mean, there were some blowouts in there as well. But, um, but anyway, it, let me ask you this. Uh, as, as an athlete, And as a competitor, um, a lot of times you learn more about yourself during the tough times than than when you're riding high. Uh, Is this one of those situations for you?
1: Definitely. Um, My two years at Southern Miss really were, because when you're losing, you know, it doesn't just affect, it's not just, you know, it affects your whole demeanor, Um, you know, to just who you are as like people that are high level athletes, you know, guys that are in the NFL even, like. Extremely competitive people like Tom Brady. You know he's walking out of New England as like an underdog somehow, six Super Bowl champion hmm. going to Tampa Bay with that with that mentality. You know that's kind of how I feel like. So when you experience losing like that, I really feel like it molds you more. You know you find out who you who you are to your core. So um, you know those guys that step up and and are leaders and and are gonna you know lay it on the line for you when you're down by forty points. Like hey. I'm I'm still in this with you and it doesn't matter until the whistle, the final whistle blows, you know, I'm going to ride it out. We're going to play our ass off and play as hard as we can. So, um, you know, it kind of really felt like it helped me dig deep and and become that kind of person and, you know, learn to fight through adversity, no matter what was going on, you know, from football to the classroom, you know, I'd struggled a little bit in junior college. I didn't have the best grades and really what do I want to be? Outside of football, what do I want to pursue? You know, what what is my life going to be about? And and you know, losing really kind of, in my opinion, made me, of course, made me a stronger person and a better person. But um, and I feel like all the guys I played with, they they come they came out of it the same way, because obviously from being a twelve and two team to an zero and twelve team, whew, I mean, I wasn't on that twelve and two team, but I can only, oh man, that's got to be really brutal. But it made those guys step up, and you know, who who wants it the most? hey, I don't want to be 0-12 at the end of the season. You got, you got guys – see some guys that, hey, whatever, we're not going to go to a bowl game, blah, blah, blah. They kind of mentally check out after you go 0-6. And, and then you got guys like Jamie. I mean, of course, he was the most athletically gifted human being I've ever seen ever, <laughs> and he was going to go to the league. But he was still playing his ass off every every weekend. 0-11, he doesn't care. He's out there playing his ass off. You know, and, and tons of – you know, Allen House, tons of other guys were just mm-hmm. out there playing – Balls to the wall. It doesn't matter what our record is. No one wants to lose every game. Yeah.
0: So, so, <laughs> so you know, so, so yeah, and you're, you're kind of getting into it already, but, you know, 2013 gets here. You know, enter Todd Munkin, who was just a savior, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I never got to play for the man, but I, I met him a handful of times. Love that dude. Um, when did you first meet Coach Munkin, and what was your first impression?
1: Love Coach Munkin. Man, I can't say enough good things about him that – that coaching staff, um, you know, really did turn us around. Um, You know, I met Coach Munkin. We had one-on-one meetings before we even got, like, as soon as he got hired, then he started calling in seniors, you know, sitting down, having one-on-one meetings, what our our view was for the season, what our view was for past football, how we wanted to help turn the program around, what impact we wanted to make, um, and just instantly knew that, it was a good fit. Like, this is the guy that we need. We need more structure. This is, you know, we're not freelancing. We're playing college football. You know, it, it's a business at the end of the day. It really is, you know, and, and it, it's tough to see that as a, you know, 18 year old kid or a 21 year old, you know, young adult, like trying to see like the business side of it. But, um, it is, you know, like we've got to take it seriously. We, we played basically freelance football in 2012, like we're out there calling the same defense every single play. Absurdity! Like you can't, you can't call the same <laughs> plays, fifty plays in a row. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, come on, Coach West. No, <laughs> we're running cover four every play. You're you're crazy. Like it doesn't work. So to get the structure back and and everything like that, I, I really loved Coach Monk and you know he was tough. Um, and, and Coach Smith, you know our our strength coach. A, a lot of the guys didn't like him because I feel like it was such a drastic change from coach maple to to coach smith but absolutely loved coach smith you know he was a he was a hard ass and uh he never cussed he never said anything bad but he would rip you like (laughs) some of the funniest quotes i've ever heard in my life are from from coach smith and i mean just getting getting us back in the weight room and and building us to be physically better you know i could i felt the difference from those two seasons from not having a strong strength program to having a, a good one going into my senior year so yeah i mean that was a the a great hire to help rebuild the program i thought it was perfect
0: sure oh uh, yeah i mean to to the fans the diehard fans i mean he was a, just an absolute godsend but anyway um so you guys you alluded to it a little bit but and and i don't think from the fan perspective uh or from a player perspective i i don't think that anybody thought we we're going to go in and go right back to 12 wins uh, we knew things were going to be headed in the right direction. We knew that there was some attrition, but we, we all, we believed in coach Munkin. Um, and then you open up losing to Texas state, losing to Nebraska, losing to Arkansas, losing to your boys up in Boise, Idaho. Um, wow. then lose a heartbreaker to FIU at home. I mean, I, I, I thought that was the day, you know, um, I know where I was sitting in the stands, <laughs> you know, um, wow. and, and just lost that heartbreaker. Um, so at this point, like I said, I think we could all see that there is a plan in place and that things are headed in the right direction. Um, you guys must have thought, like, you know, this next week, this is the week where a win's going to come, right? Mm-hmm.
1: So it was, that was a tough season for me, too, not just off of the losing aspect, but I, was, I missed six games from injury my senior year, which was really tough. So, um, you know, went into that first game against Texas State, and uh, one of my best friends, Drew Delantelotti, um, he play- he was my high school quarterback, and then he was my junior college quarterback, and he's just an absolute baller. He went to Texas State, so he was their their backup quarterback. And uh, his dad, Mark, is one of my dad's good friends, and he flew out to the game, and so it was a really personal game for me on that level. And um, you know that was the game. I-, I feel like if we had won the the first game of the season like that, we would have, I think we would have had a huge season. But um, you know we lost on that fourth down drive. Oh, it was tough. Mm-hmm. And then next week against Nebraska, um, you know, we get a three and out the first drive of the game, and oh, that was just a tough game too, man. And I got, and that's the game I got a concussion in, so I ended up missing those next two games against Arkansas, against Boise State, which was a real heartbreaker to me because I always wanted to play on the blue turf. <laughs> and then, um, and then I came back for that FIU game, and yeah, I mean, I really that game was, oh, man, I, we should have won that game too. We. Were, see we were good like we were better than our record shows because we had a bunch of ballers as as everybody knows that's followed us and um we just were you know we we were a lot better than the record shows and, and that's the toughest part about it because they're like man we could have been a, a seven eight win team we could have gone to a bowl game and, be, and beat somebody but we were one in one in 11 <laughs> so sure. like, man i can't i can't say much because we were one in 11 <laughs>
0: right so speaking of that um November 30th, 2013. Uh, What does that date mean to you?
1: Oh, man.
0: (laughs) We broke the streak. Right.
1: You know, that's that's, what that game means to me. I mean, it was like a, it was just such a a perfect storm for, for Southern Miss. You know, it was, I felt like it just, everybody was on the same page. Like, I remember before the game being in the locker room and just looking in everybody's eyes, and you could just, you could just see it. You could just feel like we weren't going to lose that day. No, we could have lined up against Alabama. We weren't going to lose that day. Speaking of, that was the day that they lost to Auburn. So that's why I think we would have beat them too. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But um, I mean, you could just totally feel it. We were clicking on all cylinders. Every single senior played lights out. I mean, Kendrick Hardy, Dominique Sullivan. Oh, man, gosh, Dazna, everybody. Everybody that was a senior that game left it on the field. Bruce Johnson had a touchdown. I mean, it was just, mm-hmm. it was a great game, you know, and, and uh, gosh, I, I'm just, uh, just to be a part of that was, you know, incredible. You know, God really was looking out for that team. He wasn't going to make sure we didn't go 0 24. Everybody was feeling it. So it was great. I mean, I think I finished the game with nine tackles and a sack or eight tackles, something like that, but I had a sack, you know, my whole family drove up. <laughs> I had my sisters fly in so, you know, my last game of my senior year playing in the iron bowl, just such an epic stadium. You know, we had more fans than UAB did, which was great too. You know, Southern Miss fans are going to come to the game if it's close enough to come. And it just felt, it just felt really good. Like I said, one of the, the greatest days probably in my life. And, and of course, and everybody that played in that game, Nick Mullins, that was kind of his coming mm-hmm. out party too. He was having yeah. like, a good season. And then all of a sudden he just lights it up UAB game. He's balling. So, yeah. Well,
0: oh, yeah. That Such a great moment. Um, I remember what I was doing. I did not make the trip. I, uh, I was in my house in Hattiesburg and I was out on the back, uh, patio listening to John Cox on the radio. I started doing some yard yeah. work. About the time that I started doing some yard work, we took the lead. I remember running in the house, telling my wife, Katie, we, you know, we're winning, we're winning this game. And, uh, I, and so I, I thought that i had something to do with it um <laughs> so i didn't want to break the uh, i, I don't wanna i don't want break up the Greekery there so so i kept raking my yard and kept breaking my yard my yard has never looked better <laughs> than that day um,
1: exactly
0: i'm sure so so yeah man um so yeah final score 62 to 27 over uab um that was a game we, we actually trailed by eight points at one point um but the streak mm. is over the curse is lifted 23 games will not become 24. Um, you had a great game with six solos and a forced fumble. You mentioned Nick Mullins. He threw five TD passes. Uh, USM scored 28 in the third and 21 in the fourth. Um, it's making me, it's giving me goosebumps just talking about this thing. And I tell you this, with, with a program like Southern Miss that's it's got such a, a, a lot of history, really, a game over UAB um, at the very end of the year, To get your first win of the year doesn't seem like it would be held in such high regard with with USM fans, but it really is, man. It I I hold it right up there with some of the best games in history.
1: Ever, yeah. You know that's that's the one thing I love about Southern Miss. You know, it's such a sleeper game. Like no one cares about if you if you're not from South Mississippi and you didn't grow up a Southern Miss fan or go to Southern Miss like myself and become a Southern Miss fan, then you know you don't care about. I mean tough to say that but you don't care about southern miss football you know you're a fan of alabama or you're a fan of florida or you're a fan of florida state or or georgia whatever it might be you know like so people don't just follow southern miss games i mean that game wasn't even televised you know you had to listen to it on the radio sure but of course listening to john cox is the best because he's just he's our guy you know i love john cox and, and he just really gives it you know he breeds, lives and breathes Southern Miss, and you can hear it when he's announcing games, and it's perfect. So, wasn't even a televised football game. So, you know, guys, people that don't pay attention to Southern Miss sports don't understand the magnitude of that game. And you know, I mean, like you said, you were a part of it. Everybody that's a, a Golden Eagle, that's to, you know, you live and breathe SMTTT. So, you know, you you were feeding the energy from Hattiesburg, all of Hattie We were playing for all of South Mississippi. You know, basically that's how I feel about that game. We were playing for the tradition. We were playing for. The Rock, we were playing for our coaches, we were playing for each other. It just all, like I said, it all came together, and, and it's, yeah, definitely, probably, yeah, top three football games of all time for me is, is that game.
0: Yeah, First I mean, all the work, the yeah, all the hard work finally paid off, uh, and, um, you know, it, it, it prompted one of the most heartwarming post-games I ever remember. I, I'm so glad that uh, somebody decided to video it, and it's on YouTube now, and, um, so we only got to see a portion of that of that locker room situation. But, you know, I mean, Munkin was up there. Well, first of all, you guys singing the fight song in the locker room, um, that we hadn't done that in two seasons, right? Um, oh, the very oh. last opportunity that that, that we could, you, you, we heard Munkin talking about we, these guys want to sing the fight song in the locker room for, for uh, you know, the, the entire season. And all of a sudden, um, you got to do it. And, uh, I mean, take me back to that moment in the locker room. I I know that you stepped up and you addressed the team right there, but um, describe what, what, what that was like for you.
1: You know, just getting to, I've always been a person that's worn my emotions on my sleeve. Um, You know, I I just, I've always been an emotional person and, and just, you know, I think that's something that has made me a successful football player. Um, You know, I've always, you know, I'm out there playing for, for my brothers, for my family, you know, people that don't play football don't ever understand football is different than every other sport in the world. You know, there's nothing like it. So um just getting to tell my teammates and, and, you know, my brothers and my family, just how much that win meant to me. And I feel like I was expressing everybody through my voice, you know, everybody that had gone through it with us. Like the freshmen of course came into a tough situation that year because you know, they were all from high school. They didn't experience that 0-12. So I just felt like I was the voice for everybody in that moment. Just, hey, this, this made us better men. This is the, you know, the best tasting victory you'll ever have. You know, all of that losing to lead to this point is the best victory ever. Those guys that won the national championship that year, I mean, Of course, they'll never have to experience that, but they'll never experience what that wind was really like, and, and, you know, the camaraderie and how you could feel it on the field, and you could feel it in the stands, and um, so I just really was was vocalizing what I felt everybody was feeling, and, um, you know, just, I I still, I mean, Alan Howes is one of my best friends in the world, and, uh, you know, he... He played right next to me and, and I would never have gotten that relationship. I still stay in contact with Coach Munkin and his family, Coach Duggan, tons of guys I played with. You know, I mean, those are friendships that I I said I'll, I'll have for the rest of my life and, and I really mean that. You know, I can't believe how many guys I hadn't talked to even since I graduated that while I was sick with the coronavirus, hey, brother, I'm praying for you, you know, sending send my love. My family sends their, you know, thoughts and prayers and, and, you know, it was just, uh, it was great to know that, hey, these are still people that, Obviously, social media makes it easier to keep track of, but, you know, they're, they're sending me their thoughts and their prayers, and, and I've had those relationships, and I've left, left that impression on people that they're praying for me in a you know, time of crisis. So,
0: um,
1: yeah, it was just, uh, like I said, my emotions came out, and I just had to let everybody know, hey, I'm overwhelmed with, with this right now. I need to let you guys know how much I love and appreciate
0: you and, and this win. Sure thing, and and I, I sure, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that that now, but, but even back then, and then, you know, I remember uh, watching the thing and, and, and Coach Munkin talked about hard, how hard it was to win and how proud he was. It was really like a fatherly type moment. Um, athletic director Bill McGillis gave a small speech and then gave the game ball to Todd Munkin. I'm starting to get emotional right now, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but but I'm betting there wasn't a dry eye in the room.
1: I can't even know. No, I mean, there's a great picture of me and Alex Smith hugging Coach Munkin and just Everybody. My parents were crying. Everybody <laughs> sure. that was everybody felt what we felt, you know, it was just emotion, the tidal wave, bam, the crowd was crying, everybody just texting me that they were crying for us. It was uh, yeah, I'm feeling it too, man. It was it was so just overwhelmingly it was it was beautiful. It was. That's how a great word I feel like I can describe it just to to feel all of that at, at the same time. Hey, clocking hero just incredible win and southern miss was a lot of, like that moment it yeah it rolled us in and, and, and we're back southern miss is back people knew that we were gonna you know that the losing wasn't gonna happen for long you know so and we brought the tradition back and you know as part of being a part of the downhill of it and then the the incline of it after you know hey we sucked mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we're back here we go let's let's get it so, um, yeah you know I feel like obviously you know you, you everybody
0: felt that bit that looked into that game or
1: watched that game or, or was just there.
0: It was just uh, yeah, incredible. Awesome man well well thank you for sharing that and we'll get you a few more things here and we'll get you out of here thank you for taking the time but um, but you know so, I mean now so that game's over with and, and your football uh, your college football playing career is over with and I know you got your I believe you got your degree in kinesiology. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so from that point on, what did you do then? And, uh, I guess that leads you to where you are now.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, I worked for coach Smith in the weight room that next year I did my pro day and I did a couple CFL tryouts, um, and I did pretty well, but, um, you know, being injured and, you know, my senior year really affected that. And, uh, I mean, I didn't really, um, at the time I trained for the pro day, but I just kind of, I don't know, maybe I just felt burnt out on football at that point in time, you know? So, um, I didn't train as hard as I feel like I could have, like I, I was in it, but I wasn't in it 100%, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, that happened and then I decided I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach. That was, I love the weight room. I, I saw how badly it affected us as a team and that kind of spurred me to want to be a part of that too. So, Um, I GA'd for Coach Smith for a year. And, um, you know, I was working on my master's in kinesiology. And then uh, as soon as football season came around, you know, I got the itch to play again. It was like, man, you know, I wish I was playing right now. Football, And I was working, you know, with the team every day. I was in the weight room with them. So I was still feeling like I was one of the guys, but I was a coach at that point. So it was kind of a tough transition. And then um, about halfway through the season is when I decided – that hey, I want to play football again. I don't know how I'm going to do it or where I'm going to do it at, but that that's what I want to do. And uh, then my dad ended up telling me that there was American football in Europe. In that time, I had no idea. Come on, American football in Europe? Are you sure? And he's like, Yeah, there's this website, Europlayers. This is the next thing. They'll pay you. And, and uh, you know that that led me to to Denmark, where I played three seasons with the Triangle Razorbacks and won three championships. There, which was you know a total, a total 180 from going one to 23. My very first year in Denmark, we go 12 and 0, win the championship, and uh, just you know like a, a total different wave of emotions as opposed to my last season playing football, which was pretty wild. Um, and then the the following year after that was a uh, a year that I got to bring my buddy Duke, who had played at Texas State, and, and my best friend Ryan Berry, um, who went to my junior college with me. They got to come out there with me and uh, we went 11 and, yeah, 11 and 2, won the championship again. I ended up getting a concussion in the semifinal game, so I didn't even get to play in the championship. But um, yeah, my friends went out there and, and, you know, we lived with them. And that was where my wife and I got married in Denmark. Um, And we lived out there for six months and, and that was just an incredible experience. And then that brought me back to Florida where I'm at currently. I started doing some speed and, speed and agility camps, you know, kind of doing the, the whole strength conditioning thing, but I was working with youth athletes, Pop Warner kids. Um, and that was kind of, you know, where I was feeling guided. I was, you know, worked as a teacher's assistant and then I was doing some fundraising with the company, with a couple companies, uh, working with the local high schools, helping their athletic departments raise more money. Obviously, you know, that's a big need in the high schools now, so so it was a uh, good to do that. And then last year I ended up going back out to Denmark. hadn't played in two years, and um, we had a last year was actually probably pretty similar to my 2013 season at, at Southern Miss. Um, we didn't have a great season. We went five and five in the regular season, and we really went five and seven because we played two international games that we lost. And we made it to the playoffs as the the third seed. We were the underdogs in our semifinal game by 28 points. We ended up winning twenty to thirteen, and then we go into the championship game. Thirty point underdogs
0: <laughs> ended yeah. up winning
1: the championship game. Yeah, it was it was just totally wild. Like <laughs> it was crazy. Ended up winning the championship game by two touchdowns. Just unbelievable. Um, great, you know, incredible experience. Love the American football scene in, in Europe, and and that's kind of where it's brought me to at this point. Now I'm I'm actually planning on you know, I'm starting my own company in Europe to try and help improve all of these American football programs over there. You know, the, the sport is really growing in Europe and a lot of people are always kind of throwing off, Hey, you played football in Europe. I'm like, yeah. And that, you know, that's what I was just doing. And, and coach dish, you know, he's coached over there for five or six years and you know, he's a a Southern Miss guy. I mean, he's got nasty bunch tattooed inside his bicep, you know, not a lot of people know that. So I don't know if he's (laughs) going to get mad at me for throwing that out there, but He's a Southern Miss guy through and through, and, uh, you know, we made that connection, and that's why I ended up going to Prague this year. And we had a great team. It's a bummer that, you know, obviously what we're going through as a world right now is tough. Um, but we had a good team this – you know, there were they were defending champs coming off of last season, and uh, I was feeling really good about everything. But, um you know, so now he's back in the States, and I'm back in the States. And uh, hopefully once, you know, like I said earlier, once we come out of this, it makes everybody, you know – Realize what, you know, what, what you're pursuing for life, you know, whether it be working in the garden, because like you said, you're getting good at that. Shoot, I'm getting <laughs> good at that. I feel like that's all I've been doing the last few, you know, the last week or so is, is in, is in the backyard. So, but, um, you know, once, once we come out of this, it'll make everybody stronger. God's got a plan for us. You know, it's not, it's not a, a fun time to be in, but, uh, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna make everybody better people. And, and I really feel like this is gonna be good for the world. So, you know, but that's where I'm at now. Now I'm in Florida, riding this quarantine out with the rest of the world, you know, as, mm-hmm. as yourself is. And, uh, hey, man, <laughs> I'm on the podcast. I'm glad that, you know, I was able to, to be a part of this with you today.
0: Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Um, last thing, and then I'll, then I'll kind of close this whole, this whole showgram down. Um, what would you tell uh, students or, or players thinking about choosing Southern Miss for college?
1: Oh gosh, I I mean, if you don't feel my love for Southern Miss after after what we've talked about, then uh, (laughs) it's not the school for you. You know, you got to bleed black and gold like that. You know, to the top. That's always what we're chasing. You know, Mm -hmm. Southern Miss to the top. We couldn't have a better phrase for our program for our school. Um, You know, you'll fall in love with campus, red brick buildings. It's not a big campus, but while you're on campus, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, You're gonna have experience the the kindest, most generous people that you'll ever meet in your life. Um, you know, growing up in California, I never had experienced that Southern hospitality. And then I feel like you got through, I got thrown into a, uh, as much Southern hospitality as you could ever experience. You know, it was from like, viewer to 100 real quick. Like, thanks, Drake, for the quote. But that, it was like, no no such thing as Southern hospitality that everybody wants to do, take their shirt off their back and give it to you. And uh, that's really what, Hattiesburg and the you know the local community is really like and and I mean it's just an an amazing place amazing amazing experience to be a part of the, the Southern Miss family so um you know if you go on a visit there I think that you should definitely keep it in, in high consideration uh, I wouldn't recommend any other place to go to school in the world
0: absolutely man well dude thank you so much for taking the time today with to the top talk I know I enjoyed that very much um I hope you guys out there listening enjoyed the show today. Special thanks to Jamie for turning me loose on this whole episode just to go Han Solo. Uh, Special thanks to our guest Dylan Rita. You guys can follow him on Instagram at Dylan Rita. Remember, you can follow along with To The Top Talk at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Bumper J Bailey. You can follow Jamie at Jamie underscore Errington and Hub City Comedy at Hub City Comedy. Please be safe out there, everybody. Um, We're going to get through this thing. We're going to make it to the other side sooner rather than later. Um, And lastly, if you like the show, tell your friends. If you do not like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk.